Welcome to episode 47, Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. Uh, it's just going to be one of those casts where we are kind of giving you a cast so that you have weekly coverage, but we won't be able to give you a full episode this week, um, mainly because I'm getting married Saturday, and that's when we usually do the podcast and can get everybody together. So we will be doing a short podcast today. I will have a listener guest with me today, Patrick McGee. Uh, I'll bring him in in a moment when he's available. Before we get to him, uh, I want to quickly go over community, the community section and the what I played section just to talk about some specific pieces with the Deadpool set coming out and with uh, you know everybody all excited about the pieces in it and how they perform. Um, I, I played a, a hand team. We had an event that was um, 700 point theme teams. I played the Wolverine, or 750 actually. I played the uh, the LE Wolverine from Deadpool, who uh, is a very good hand support team, uh, or piece I mean. And then I played two of the Snake Root Clan ninjas from the Gravity Feed, two hand ninjas from the main set, a main set Electra, a Hobgoblin Prime from Amazing Spider-Man and a Silver Samurai from Wolverine and the X-Men. And then I had uh, the Hand ATA on each figure which costs a lot of points so I played the Power Plant with just four rings. Now my team is all melee based but with only having 18 points available without having Split Lip on my team the book wasn't really a good choice. Um, It was an okay choice but it wasn't a really good choice. And I thought about putting the belt on Hobgoblin, but I thought it'd be a better idea to run the power plant and to have uh, four rings that could really help me. One of them being Matter Rearranger. That way, if I run into, if I don't win the map roll, with me investing so many points in the hand ATA, I wanted to have a way of creating blocking terrain if the opponent picked a map that really screwed me over. So I had the Matter Rearranger ring the uh, black light ring for kind of the same reason so that I'd have some extra protection. Uh, most of my pieces have stealth, regular stealth anyways so even if I did get burned on map choice black light ring could help keep me safe. And then I chose the force blast ring because it's great for uh, melee pieces and the uh, shoot what was my last one? Oh the, uh, the vortex that gives you flight and telekinesis. Because I don't have any carry besides Hobgoblin Prime. So what I would do is give... Oh, and Psylocke from Wolverine and the X-Men. That's my other uh, piece from the team base. So I had a big hand team. I would give Psylocke the flight ring at the beginning of the game. And then her and Hobgoblin could carry two pieces up. And uh, everybody else could move up slowly. So if you're unfamiliar... The the linchpin of this team, if there is one is Wolverine, and I want to talk about, we haven't talked about Wolverine on the podcast or any of the LEs yet, I want to real quickly talk about Wolverine, Adrian of Hydra, and tell you, he is amazing, Um, he is is such a great piece, if you're going to play a hand team, or even a Hydra team, he is almost a must play, he was that good, and I saw a couple other people play him, and they had the same thing to say about him, they absolutely loved him, Uh, he's 103 from Deadpool, Wolverine, Adrian, Adrian of Hydra. He costs 90 points. He has the Hydra team ability. And he has a trait that is the reason he is such a great piece for uh, hand teams. 
It's called My Kind of Hydra. When friendly attackers use the Hydra team ability, they can also affect close combat attacks and don't need line of fire to the target. So basically what that simple simplistically what it boils down to is when one of my guys goes to make in as long as Wolverine's still alive, when one of my guys uh, goes to make a close combat attack, the target gets a negative one defense for each Hydra each uh, adjacent friendly that I have that's next to my attacker who has the Hydra team ability. Even if they're directly behind Wolverine or whoever's making the attack. Even if they're directly behind. As long as they're adjacent to my attacker, they're applying the hand team ability. And with having a bunch of little hand ninjas from the Deadpool set who are absolutely amazing with their free attacks, um, with having a bunch of them that can just you know move up and and get into position and then you can have Wolverine charge or Silver Samurai charge or somebody like that. It was a, it was a great team. Um, the opponents were constantly having negative two or three, you know, defense and then that makes my rolls a whole lot easier to hit. I didn't miss very many attacks because I had that amazing trait. But it also means you need to protect your Wolverine because um, I did play a team that was basically the same as mine and I took out his Wolverine first and it made a huge difference. Um, not having the Wolverine and not being able to get those bonuses. Uh, besides the trait, this Wolverine also has a charge that can go full movement and doesn't and ignores characters, so that's really good. And then uh, he has blades as well and leadership and super senses. And then mid dial he gets sidestep, precision strike, and a special damage power, which also came in very handy. Wolverine agent of Hydra can use mind control with a range of six. When he does, a hit target gains the Hydra keyword, and all friendly characters adjacent to the target can use the Hydra team ability for this action. So what that means is, if I have a bunch of my guys swarm somebody, and then Wolverine goes to uh, mind control them, my friendly guys will apply their negative ones, even though they're not next to Wolverine, basically. Um, it didn't really come into play with m me in my games because I was doing close combat mind control attacks, but it was still really useful to have the option to close combat uh, somebody. Like, I mind controlled a tier who had a, a hammer and I made him kill his own Thor, like, you know, hit his own Thor for four or five. Like, that's a big deal, having that option, because otherwise Wolverine would have only pegged tier for one or two. Whereas with this mind control, he was able to cause Tyr to hit somebody else for four exploits. So that's a big difference. Um, he's just a great piece. If you're gonna next time you go to play a Hydra or Hand team, play Agent Wolverine, Agent of Hydra. You will not be disappointed. I was also very happy with Electra. Uh, we talked about her from the main set. Very happy with Hobgoblin Prime and Psylocke. Um, the Hand Ninjas and the Snake Root Clan Ninjas are both really good. Uh, I will say the Snake Root Clan Ninjas were not as good as I thought they were going to be, and the Hand Ninjas were way better than I thought they were going to be. The free attack when you're next to another hand is amazing, especially with Wolverine's trait helping you out, and with their 9 movement. I think that was what was key, because the Snake Root guys only had 6, and these guys had 9, so it was easy to move, full move all the way up on somebody you know, and then get your free attacks off once you get everybody into position so that they can get Wolverine's trait going. So it was a great team. I went two and one. I lost to a team that had a, an Isogardian team that had split up with the book. I knew there was little chance I was going to win that game. 
I went ahead went uh, went the opposite way of where his team was going. I phased in Silver Samurai to try to one-shot split lip at the beginning of the game so that my opponent couldn't get free hammers because I figured that would kind of even the playing field a little bit. And I rolled a two on my blades. And you, if I could have just rolled a three or higher, it would have killed him. But unfortunately, I rolled a two. So he got some hammers out and then uh, ended up getting a win. But it was a really fun team to play. I highly recommend playing. The hand, in, the hand is all, always a really fun team to play. But they're even they're actually now legitimate contenders. I feel like with the with the pieces they got in Deadpool, I feel like they are actually could see some really high level competitive play. So that was what we played, and then moving into community, um, as far as dial design, we went ahead and started June. I know it's early, and I know it's technically the last week of May, but we went ahead and started the first week of June just due to my scheduling things I have coming up with the honeymoon and everything. So uh, I gave out the first assignment. The theme I chose for this month uh, for this month's dial designs is upcoming sets. So each week we will be, you will be designing a dial for a set that WizKids has already announced, but hasn't, you know, hasn't come to fruition yet. So we chose Guardians of the Galaxy for our first week. So I gave out a, a handful of keywords, and you can design a dial that has at least one of those keywords and is a Marvel character. The keywords are cosmic and human. Kree, Scroll, Badoon, Shi'ar, Guardian of the Galaxy, Infinity Watch, Negative Zone, Herald of Galactus, Nova Core, Eternal, Spartoy, Brood, and Annihilator. So I feel like I got most of the, the broad races and groups covered in there. Um, most of you guys have already submitted. Depending on when you're listening to this cast, as long as you're listening to this cast before Sunday, uh, the first I guess would be Sunday... Uh, you can. It is not too late to submit a dial. So if you hear this cast before Sunday and you want to participate, please jump in on week number one and uh, turn in a dial for that. So that'll be the theme for this month is upcoming sets. Um, probably we'll do the Flash next week, and then after that, I'm not sure. I'll talk to the boys and see what we want to do. Um, on the YouTube channel, we have, I just put up a review and unboxing of the Days of Future Past Sentinel pack which was very impressive and if you're interested in if you're kind of debating whether you want to drop that much money on the sentinel packs be sure to check it out i break everything down i also show off the uh whore tokens that are in there there's one in particular that's very good Um, but if you want to get a better look at that be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel check that out and then i'll be doing a review of the thunderbolts fast forces next week and then the week after that i will try to do the war of the light um whatever that pack is called blitzkrieg we always call them blitzkrieg packs because that was the first you know style of pack they made like that but i don't know what you call it but anyways we'll be doing the uh the first war of the light pack that has uh, Hal and sinestro and all that we'll do that in two weeks so be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel so you will hear a pause now i'll bring in patrick and i'll ask him his uh his interview questions and then we will go in together cover what little news we have this week and then we will quickly go over the days of future past set uh, just mentioning the figures that we feel are really above average really must owns for the days of future past set okay so i'm here with patrick mcgee who is a uh 
a uh, listener and oftentimes asks us uh, entertaining questions from time to time and sends us uh, supporting messages, so I appreciate that, and I appreciate you being here today, Patrick. Uh, no problem. I, I, it's my pleasure. I've, I got lucky. As soon as I got in the clips, you guys started a podcast. Uh, I was, picked you guys up almost right from the beginning. Yeah, when did you, what set did you start playing with? Um, I came in to Hero Quick, uh, July will be almost, it'll be about a year, and my first brick, uh, well, pretty much case I bought was, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, which I absolutely love, I, I think I had pretty good timing, I know the Chaos War is pretty popular too, but, um, that was the first big set to come out when I started playing, but I, like I said, I started in July and just been picking random pieces up here and there. Cool. Um... Yeah. I'll, I'm going to ask you the obligatory interview questions I have for all the, the guests we have on the show, but they're all really easy. Um, starting off, what are a couple of your favorite, either your favorite comic book series or just kind of a few of your favorite characters that you, you follow in comics? Uh, well, as far as comic book, I was a Marvel guy for a long time, uh, and then I picked up the New 52 Detective Comics, uh, and I've always been a Batman fan. But, uh, I started doing more of the 52, got into Swamp Thing, which blew me away, uh, Animal Man, and then that just opened the floodgates for DC, uh, and I've been all over the place with DC, and then, uh, Marvel, I'm kind of, uh, once again, that's something I'm all over the place. I'm a huge Cyclops fan, which I get a lot of shit from my buddy Teddy, who's, doesn't like him that he's a Boy Scout, but I like the Boy Scouts, I like the Captain America and Cyclopses. Stuff. Yeah, I don't even know if you can call Cyclops a Boy Scout anymore, though, these days. Yeah, the Uncanny X-Men series that I've been into right now has been, been pretty pretty awesome. I don't know if you're up to date on it, but... Yeah, I've been reading it, too. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, way fun. Um, I just finished Volume 3, which has a pretty... I don't know if anyone else is up with it, but that's where him and Jean, the young Jean Grey meet for the first time. It's a pretty awesome moment. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, then you're coming up to something big. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, it's pretty. That is that is a fun. It's a fun book because it's it. You see the Boy Scoutish younger Scott, and then compared to like you know how he is now, and you, you kind of get both flavors. Um, all right, cool. So I'm also a DC fan, and it's good to hear people. Uh, like uh, Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Those are my two favorite New 52 books, too. Um, yeah, it was nothing that I didn't like. I mean, it's just, you know, growing up, my brother, I have, I have a brother who's 10 years older, so it's just easier to follow than, you know, I was just like, yeah, I'll just read whatever he's buying. And then once I got older myself, I just went into my own path. Yeah. The, um, if you like Detective Comics, the main Batman series from New 52 has been one of the best uh, oh, all I just got uh, the, the hardback of uh, Volume 4, which I believe is the year one. Yeah, that's pretty so, good. I'm pretty excited to start on that. Yeah, it's good stuff, especially if you're like a long-time like, Batman reader. Like It kind of um, it kind of retells some classic uh, origin lines, but with like their, you know... I don't know. It's just really, it's really, really well done. And then the, there's a new series called Batman Eternal, which has been pretty good so far, too. I think it's on, like, issues. I've read the first two. I've been getting those uh, comics individually, and uh, um, I read those first two with 
Gordon and everything, so I'm pretty excited to see where those are going. It's I think pre- that's like six or seven now. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm caught up on it. All right. Um, what are your three favorite hero clicks? The individual figures. Individual figures is uh, like I said, being a, a Cyclops fan. Uh, I don't know how, but I got so lucky. Uh, in my case, I didn't pull any chases, and I got went to buy one lonely booster and pulled a, a the chase Phoenix Cyclops. Uh, almost lost my shit with that, and then uh, any of the Cyclopses I love. Um, I love Gizmo. Uh, absolutely ridiculous from Teen Titans. Um, so many options he gives you when playing. It's not even funny. And then third, the, the Gravity Feed, uh, I think it's Gravity, the, the little uh, 202 Daredevil. I mean, sorry, Deadpool from this last set is quickly becoming one of my favorite pieces. Uh-huh. Especially with the word bubble, the hammer time and fourth wall club, all that is making him right up there one of my favorite pieces to play. Yeah. And Hawkeye. Looking at Hawkeye. Chaos War Hawkeye. Oh, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, the Fear Itself Hawkeye is really good, too. Um, Looking at the Deadpool, like, I've been kind of going through trying to figure out, like, which one I want to play because I got a team coming up and I want to try them out. And I really like the, the LE version, too. But honestly, like, as far as just overall what's the best dial, the Gravity Feed one, honestly, is the best just overall dial. It's just it's just really solid. Yeah, like, when those pink powers first came out, I was right there with everyone else, where I was like, yeah, these all seem kind of lame. And then you start feeling those sidestep just unbelievable. <laughs> so, I know he doesn't have the move and attack that people want out of Deadpool, but he, he's still fun, man, especially with those word bubbles. Are you, the, the L.E. is the one that you're talking about? Is it the X-Men one? Yeah, the X-Men Deadpool. I yeah, like I him too. I haven't had a chance to play him yet, but he does look fun. Um, Next question. Um, You won't have as many to choose from since you're pretty new, but what would you say is your favorite set? Favorite set? Um, I have... Like I said, I know the Chaos War is a lot older, uh, and I've picked up that was obviously before my time, and I've, I've gotten a lot of, like, the, the um, Wasp, I believe it is, the, the little, she's like 75 points, I picked her up, of course, Mole Man, I think she, I know, he's from, um, the Infinity Gauntlet one, or Guardians of the Galaxy, I can't remember. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but I have gone out of my way to pick up some of the older ones, um. But I do uh, I do like the Wolverine and the X Men just because that is from when I like I said that was my first case that I got so I'm a little sentimental about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a great set too. I mean, that was the best selling set of you know really honestly the best selling set ever on as far as, as far as I know. I mean it it it's one of the only sets that's just sold out like that quick you know you can't find that anywhere and it didn't take that long for it to sell out even around here where it's not super densely populated you know of areas yeah, we're, we're a pretty good city and like uh i i bought i bought a brick and then i kept doing like little events and every time i would go it, i would buy like a i would go to do a sealed event and then buy two or three more two or three more and then within like that month i believe it was like during the fear itself was going on so by the end of that i 
they were yeah they were nowhere to be found in Phoenix so and then last question favorite theme team <sighs> favorite theme team um like I said because I like to run that uh Hawkeye so much I do like some Thunderbolts that's pretty fun for me and then Batman villains I, I, that seems to be common amongst everyone but who doesn't want Batman villains that uh Deadshot, so much fun from the Arkham video game one. Yeah. Oh, he's good. Alright, so uh, Patrick and I are going to go through the news. There's not much to talk about. Um, part of that is because is my fault because I'm having to do this on Thursday, but also just because Days of Future Past just came out and War of the Light's coming up, so they, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of things for them to spoil. Um Newsarama did spoil the White Lantern Core Power Battery and Ring, and they're both very good. Uh, the bonus you get from the battery, if you have all the colors matched, is that you give a friendly core member a power action, and you heal all other characters within six squares and one line of fire of one da- or sorry, six squares and line of fire of one damage. And those characters that you're healing, it doesn't say, you know, heal all other characters with the keyword or anything. It's just all other characters. Um, but, note, that doesn't say friendly. So you got to make sure that you're, you know, you you do it at the right time with the right person so that you don't inevitably heal up your opponent's characters. But this can be potentially... I'm glad I have a judge read it first of all because I wouldn't have even noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's every time I see a new power, I try to break down like, hmm... What are all the keywords here? They're getting, they are getting better. Is it better. only one friendly character that gets the uh, action? Yeah, you just give one. Well, you have to give a friendly core member. So someone who has a construct, you give them a, a power action, and then heal all other characters within six squares in line of fire of one damage. So that could potentially be ginormous. I mean, depending... Yeah, so like during my turn, if I have three guys with three different constructs, can they each get a power action and I can heal three characters? Um, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do that. Pretty <laughs> um, yeah, or I mean, if you're playing a big points game and you're running a bunch of fifty-ish points pieces, and you give one of you just give your one white lantern dude a power action, just heal them all up. Like, I mean, it can be pretty nuts. And the ring's really good too. Uh, it costs six points, and of course, like the others, if the figure already has the keyword, then you get all values plus one except damage. Otherwise, this character has the keyword. And once per game, when this character would be KO'd, you instead turn it to its last non-KO click, and then it can use uh, regen during your next turn. So you give it an extra life, basically. And, of course, there will be specific figures that this will be better on than others, but still, regardless, this is a that's a great, great power, especially on big points pieces, um, like a Colossal or something like that. Or on pieces that um, get better as they go on, like a lot of Bizarros and stuff like that. Hulks, even. Yeah. Some some Hulks do that, too. So, potentially it could be very good. So, those, those are looking nice. Now, it doesn't say on the article, though, where and how you're going to get the White Lantern the stuff. The White Lantern. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, does it have a... <laughs> do they show a picture of the number? Uh, the probably. all the numbers are the same on the uh, card. It's all they all say R one hundred and one. 
Um, yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, I tried to look for that too. So I don't know. It, it you would. I guess we can't get any hints from that since they all all the colors are the same number. Um, and then other news. Um, all of the dials from the War of the Light have been spoiled. Most of them with pictures. And I have them all pulled up here. So what I'm going to do is paste this URL in the podcast description as I usually do. We are not going to go through each one of them because, as you guys know, this is like a... I guess the biggest set there ever has been, actually, now that I think about it. The biggest... Especially for uh, seals like this. Uh, yeah. The, it's the biggest main set, like not counting Gravity Feed and Fast Forces and stuff. The actual set, like, this is the biggest set. Um, so you're gonna put your honeymoon on hold for this set, then, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> a lot of money collecting all these bad boys. Yeah, I know. I, I I'll be playing at two venues though, so I'm sure I'll hopefully eventually get a hold of these. But uh, if you guys would like to go through these, um, I will put the URL in there, and you can flip through them. I will just make a quick note that all of the entities that each you know each lantern has their own entity. Um, each of them seem to have a 25-point option besides their big, powerful option, and all of them are really good from what I've seen. Yeah, almost, almost too they're good. They're really worth checking out. Like, just for especially ex- if you're paying 25 points on those things, that's pretty bonkers. Yeah, just for example, the two I have pulled up in front of me, the White Lantern one, uh, for only 25 points, you he just has Smoke Cloud and Outwit, but then he has a special power at the beginning of your turn. Or sorry, I'm reading the wrong one here. Uh, basically, you give, you take a figure that's pretty much normal symbols and more than 25 points, and then you possess it. And then you give the uh, possessed character once per turn. You get to basically choose a power that is on the dial and you get your character that's possessed gets to use that and then you get to choose a value and pump it up by one just to kind of quickly sum things up there's a little more detail than that but but basically once per turn you're getting to choose whatever of four good powers because looking at you know both dials the powers look great um and then you're getting to choose one of those and then you're getting to pump up a, a value and it's on most figures it's going to last the full dial because these dials are 11 clicks long so unless you're playing a colossal or something you're not going to lose the the uh, entity either so it looks pretty good for 25 points I gotta say yeah that's, a, that's pretty, pretty <clears throat> awesome, 25 points and then uh, Days of Future Past released as everybody knows so um, be sure to get those we I know got them late here in Phoenix they are they are fun especially if you're an x fan it's a good set. The sculpts are nice. I played uh, against some yesterday, and uh, they seem to play pretty well. And uh, it is already sold out up here. So if you guys are interested in that set, make sure you get a hold of some soon. Cause I, like, I will say, it's, I, I feel really lucky with getting in where I have like that. The, the sets are just with kids keep one up in themselves with the, their sculpts. At least you know like. I understand when you're mass producing accidents are bound to happen. Like that Deadpool said, some things missing on stuff. But overall, man, they're doing a great job with the sculpts. Yeah, the the and the CTD uh, sets and the individual things like that always tend to have better sculpts than the main sets too. 
Um, yeah, I watched your the Yu-Gi-Oh one that you guys, and I'm not even a huge Yu-Gi-Oh fan, and all of those just look ridiculously awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, they they do stuff up for those. I've been pulling up some Mage Knight figures for a tournament coming up soon because I I I love my Mage Knight figures, but I don't get a lot of chances to play them. But they have the best sculpts of any Hero Clicks, I think. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's impressive, and the, yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh set's very good too. Um, but uh, Days of Future Past is out. Be sure to get a hold of some because it seems to be selling out fast like anything X-Men seems to do. And um, Patrick and I are going to go through and mention our... Each of us will do our th- uh, the what we think are the three best figures in the set and the ones that you really... Even if you're not going to collect the whole set, if you play X-Men and Brotherhood from time to time, these are the ones to pick up maybe on the secondary market or trade for or try to get a hold of even if you're not going to try to collect the whole set. These are the kind of standout pieces. And uh, we'll go through, we'll each do one at a time and describe, uh, mention the piece and then describe why we th- what it has and why we think it's uh, one that you should be really paying attention to. I'll let Patrick start off with his number one first. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that everyone I'm sure has already eyeballed which is the uh, Wolverine. He's number 13 from the set. He's an uncommon. Um, he's seven clicks long. Uh, he, uh, he has a trait healing factor. Wolverine can use regen. When he has two action tokens, he can use it as a free action, which is already insane as it is. I mean, he's 130 points, and that alone for me, you're keeping somebody on the board just regen and making people waste attacking that guy. Um, and then he has... His first three clicks of movement are a special uh, movement power. It says Wolverine can use Blaze Claws, Fang, Charge, and Flurry, which is also Charge and Flurry. Blaze Claws combo, that's pretty insane. I know people's biggest gripe about him is he doesn't ignore hindering um, for movement. So he will take a little finesse, but that alone, I damn. Precision Strike 2. Uh, he has Precision Strike, the first three clicks, um, and then that just falls into Blaze Claws, <laughs> which is awesome. And then he has Empower, and then he has for three clicks, and then he also has for four clicks, uh, Close Combat uh, Reflexes, and he starts at a 17, so, and Indom, he looks pretty fun to me. <laughs> he looks very good. I-, I think this is the best Wolverine that they've made, personally. Um, yeah, I know the the rare one for this looks a lot of fun, but overall, as far as attacking, I mean, this one, yeah, I'm this one looks fun. And the X Men team abilities, right? That's one of my favorites. If this guy just had the X Force keyword, he would be by far like he would be no doubt my favorite Wolverine. But uh, uh, he didn't have that. He yeah, he just has X Men, but he is he is such a good dial. The flurry blades, charge, precision strike. I don't know what else, and then regen, possibly free. I don't know what else people want on their Wolverine. Honestly, um, he's really good for 130 points, and he's only an uncommon. Um, my top one is gonna be uh, another obvious one that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, Myra McTaggart. She is. Basically the Donald Blake, but for X-Men teams. She's 28 points. She also is an uncommon, so she shouldn't be too expensive to pick up. She has a trait, but that's not really why you play her, but uh, its characters can't use the capture ability. But the reason why you play her is because she is a medic that uh, 
is on par with Donald Blake, but a little bit different. She also has an 11 attack like Donald Blake, an 11 attack support, which is extremely good. Uh, what she has over him is that she has willpower and he does not. But then again, Donald Blake can alter ego towards the end of his dial, so he has that going for him. Uh, Honestly, but, I've never seen Donald Blake uh, get converted into a, a Thor. Oh, yeah? So that that's why, I mean, he if, if somebody's going to make an attack on him, usually done i mean the same's gonna happen to her but yeah they try to you, people try to usually try to one shot donald blake when they hit him just so they don't have to deal with him because even on his last click he's got like a 10 attack uh support yeah. i mean both of these are it's tick attack i mean if you mm-hmm. want that option for throwing into converting him into thor or i mean being able to having that willpower is I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like her. She comes in five points cheaper and having willpower. Um, I think she's great, and I think if you play if you play X Men at all, I think she's al- she's almost a must have. To be totally honest, like she's an excellent piece for her points. Um, Patrick, who's your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, one that I was very unsure about uh, when I first saw him. I don't know why, but I went with uh, Pyro. Um, Pyro's 90 points. Uh, he has the Brotherhood of Mutant keyword, of course, the team ability, and then he has the Freedom Force, and then he has a trait, which is the Flame Construct, where Pyro has no action tokens, and there isn't a family friendly Flame Construct. That's uh, not easy to say. Uh, you may place one on the map adjacent to him, give him a free action, and place one in an unoccupied adjacent square, and then becomes a bystander token, as described on the back of Card. Which I think anytime you have a character that for free makes a bystander token, that's a huge plus. I love doing that. But this little token is nothing to uh, see his either. He's got a six charge, nine poison, and a two exploit weakness, and a bare 15D, but he looks pretty fun. Um, as far as Pyro goes, he is he's nothing to, uh, to bat an eye at either. You got Eight running shot with an eleven attack energy explosion. That energy explosion is all the way down to dial. He has two targets, uh, and he starts off with two clicks of enhancement, and uh, and then the rest of his dial he is at um, perplex. Uh, he falls onto sidestep and then running shot again. He he I underestimated I way underestimated him. He's a great piece, and I love Brotherhood of Mutants. So. I, I just played against him yesterday and he is very good I actually I knew he was I knew he was really good so I went after him first uh, him and uh, Avalanche another another pretty solid figure from the set I went after them first because I knew they were so nasty but that little construct was a big pain in the butt and he gets to put it on the board for free and you really have to you honestly have to go after it because if you don't it can actually dish some reliable damage out with exploit and then poison it's pretty nasty. Um, it's free. Those those things that you, you pop out of free pog. I don't even care if it's like the old school little girl ones. If you're popping out of free pog to tie something up, that's always huge. Yeah. Another piece that uh, my opponent had was Destiny, and Destiny's my number two on my list. And she was she was actually better played than I thought she looked. And and that's saying something because her dial is very impressive. She's only 50 points. She has the Brotherhood of, and uh, Brotherhood of Mutants and Freedom Force keywords, Brotherhood team ability. And she has a really good trait. After an opposing character within eight squares, 
uses outwit, perp, or prob, and actions resolve deal that character one damage if it has not already taken damage from this effect this turn. And that really screwed me over because there was a couple times where I'd miss an attack and I wanted to theme prob, and I couldn't. And there, or well, I could, but it's not really worth it. Um, there was one time where I felt like it was worth it, but my character didn't have willpower and was taken in a second token. So I ended up, just a theme prob, I ended up taking a token, pushing from that, and then taking another damage from Destiny. Um, so I had to make sure that anybody using those powers had toughness or better and wouldn't have to take the one damage since it's not penetrating. Um, she also has a very good uh, prob control. Uh, damage power that she has for all five clicks of her dial. This is one of my favorite parts about her too, yeah. It was very annoying uh, to, to fight against too. She can use probability <laughs> control as if she had a range value of eight and she does not need line of fire to the attacker if she has line of fire to the target. So uh, oftentimes I would have to be cognizant of that and either block the line of fire to the target with one of my other guys like kind of go tie up somebody else first and try to position blocking her line of fire or just go after people she couldn't see because otherwise there's no point i mean she is just a great support piece and yeah that's really huge if you're on a map uh, if you got a bad map you, you just park her around the wall next to somebody and yeah yeah because um her trait also doesn't need any line of fire you know it, it's just anything within anyone within eight squares has to you know can't use outwit per prob so she's really nasty and then honestly she can even dish out my opponent didn't but she she's can reliably dish out damage herself um from five range away because she has a crossbow power on her first two clicks she has precision strike and range combat expert as if she had a range value of five and she has a 10 attack zero damage but with Precision Strike, um, you can just you know, go one and one with an 11 attack and then get that guaranteed one damage through. And for only 50 points, plus having what she already has, like that's, that's all you need. It's just a, another, a little peg of damage here or there. And then she also has Super Senses full dial too, so it's, it's annoying to try to take her out. Um, she's a great piece. Another piece where if you play Brotherhood pieces at all, this is a must-own for Brotherhood teams, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this definitely is a fun piece. I, I think she has potentially, you'll start to see her at some of the ROC events, just for the fact that with, like, the Talos and all those other ones where you can just keep her parked back and out of harm's range, and that's, I mean, mm-hmm. especially with a lot of the players, any of the newer ones that don't have the 50 to 75 bucks to throw down for those uh, Scarlet Witches that have the perplexing problem. There you go right here. Yeah, that's true. The, uh, yeah, that's true. For 50 points, it's not bad. Uh, if she had a wider array of keywords, I would say it's almost guaranteed that she would shoot. You know, she'll see play. But I don't know. I think we will see her a couple times here and there. Who is your um, number three? Number three is um, one that I was unsure about. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, because of uh, her defense, but I'm going to go with uh, Mystique. Uh, she's number 18. She is a rare. Um, at first, I wasn't sure her defense is Mystique can use Mastermind and Toughness, um, which normally Mastermind I've been kind of going away from for the simple fact of Precision Strike has been pretty pretty big lately. 
But the the reason I like her is she can use Mastermind and Toughness. She may transfer damage to a friendly character of a higher point value that shares a keyword with her, and when she does, that character ignores one damage deal after damage reducers, which is, I mean, right there alone, I mean, in the set, you've got the blob or um, any other um, older pieces that you can think of at a higher point that share a keyword with her. She only has the spy alone, I think, she'll be able to, to mix it in and help her out a lot. But she, she starts, she's six click long, and her movement is uh, changes back and forth between stealth and sidestep, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then she has her, as a trait, it's called shapeshifter. She can use shape change, and when she does, and the result of six, opposing characters can't attack this turn, which I'm already like shape change, on an off chance that you just end their turn, that is huge. Whether or not it's a lucky six or not, that is awesome to me. And then uh, pretty much through her entire dial, she has perplexed or outwit, but for the first two clips, she has a special, uh, Magneto taught me well, it's uh, Mystique can use leadership and perplex, which I'm a huge fan of perplex anyway, so I like her. She's, she's, a, she's a lot of fun. She falls onto a click four, she falls on the, the willpower. Um, and she, she just, is on the board, so she on a theme team with Blob or anyone else. She performs a lot better than I thought she would. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm planning on picking her up. Uh, my number three is Angel. He is a common from the set, and he's just a good. Um, he's he's a solid attacker, but he's he's also a, a brings some cool support powers to the to the table too. Uh, he is 74 points, has both the Defenders and X-Men team abilities and keywords. He also has the X-Factor keyword, Champions and Celebrity. And he has a really good trait, which can lead to some, some potentially great team builds. He, uh, adjacent friendly characters with the Defenders or X-Men team ability can use both the Defenders and the X-Men team abilities. So as long as you can set up some good team builds with some high defenses, you can really take advantage of that. He also uh, is, of course, a flyer, has a high movement value with a 10 on his first four clicks, and he can use charge, and when he does, he ignores characters, uh, and he gets plus two speed, which is nice if you want to just kamikaze have him fly all the way in. Or it would make up for the negative two that you would take if you carry someone in with you for the defenders and all the other bonuses. So it kind of would still give you a five square charge even when carrying somebody, which is also nice. And then he has sidestep as well. So having sidestep and charge, he has no range, but having sidestep and charge on a good map with a good team built around him, I think he's a great piece. Uh, then if he takes a hit after he charges in, he'll most likely get knocked onto one of his two clicks of Flurry. And uh, he may also have Perplex because he has Perplex on clicks two and three. Then his last, uh, clicks number five and six, he's not as good. He has uh, Earthbound Neutralized and he has uh, Combat Reflexes, so it would be a good time to use the X-Men team ability and heal him back up. But I just think the, the trait... And then the initial three or four clicks are are great are good enough that for 74 points, I think you get a lot of bang for your buck. And um, you can always use a, a good taxi piece on X-Men teams also. So, thanks for uh, being with me today, Patrick, and helping me wrap up the Days of Future Past set. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'm excited to get into the 
No problem. Anytime, man. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm glad I could help out this week. You, uh, what uh, area do you live in and what venue do you play at? Um, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, for a while, I've gone all over the place and finally convinced. Uh, I have a little, like, collector's market that's near me. Um, and they're, they're usually uh, not open Tuesdays, but they've been doing a magic tournament there. So uh, I talked to the guy and a few other people and was like, man, do you mind if we start doing hero clicks here? And he's a huge fan of them as well, so... We started doing it at a little collector's market, a pop culture comics place inside of there that we started doing them. Um, but like I said, we started off with Fear Itself and going around pretty much all the valley, playing wherever I could. So. All right, so if anybody's in the Phoenix, Arizona area, be sure to look for that and uh, go and uh, play some clicks with Patrick. <laughs> yep, we got a good crew going around there. <clears throat> well, uh, next week we will be back to our full schedule. We'll have a full episode. Um, we'll kind of do a brief breakdown on the War of the Light um, talk, uh, dis- distribution and OP kits and stuff because there are a lot of big changes with the with the OP kit layout for this set. And with that starts the, uh, next week, right? Um, yeah, I don't know how much stock I'd put in that because just from the past <laughs> history of. Um, the last few events have been delayed by WizKids. This one seems to be on track. I will say that distributors are are acting like it's going to be you know here on time. But uh, just to be safe, uh, we're not doing our first event at my venue. I'm not. I'm going to put it off a couple weeks just to make sure I got all my ducks in a row before we uh, put the official <laughs> date in there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, supposedly the kits will be in and people can start running events midway through next week. But uh, next week's episode, we'll be talking about that. And then cover new. So we'll be back on full schedule next week with the whole crew, hopefully. But Patrick, you did a stand-up job uh, standing in for Drew and uh, Austin, and uh, hopefully in the in the future I can have you on and uh, can help me out next time I need some help. Anytime, I uh, as a Clips fan, uh, you guys do great work. Uh, it's fun hearing, uh, like I said, those two go at it sometimes. Uh, you guys do a good job of people up to date and explaining things having to judge your perspective on things is always helpful so i enjoy that uh and from some of the videos i don't know if you guys go to their their youtube and watch their stuff uh hunter is not your normal uh a nerd. he looks like he's all jacked up so he's not your stereotypical nerd bringing it uh helping out the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> yeah they tease me at at our venues they they tease me for being good looking if you can believe it <laughs> Like I get ragged on because I'm good looking and everybody else is a nerd. But anyways, yeah. I, I, I'll try to feel sympathetic for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with full schedule. Catch you guys next week.